Uh, as retirement plan consultants, we're asked regularly about asset accumulation, how to build retirement savings to live comfortably. Groups of people follow the FIRE concept, financial independence, retire early, and they live very frugally, save to excess so they can meet their savings goals early in their 30s. Most people, however, work into their 60s to accumulate enough money to retire on. Um, but when you get to retirement, how do you shift? How do you shift that focus from growth to income in retirement? How do we manage our retirement savings so that uh, they last a lifetime? Well, first off, if you want some further information on this podcast or others, go to formyretirementincome.com, the number four, myretirementincome.com. So let's spend the next 15 minutes developing an understanding of how income in retirement is, is critically important and steps to set up a plan. My name is Jerome Pfeffer. I've spent the last 26 years helping people with their retirement goals. I'm here with Dr. Gautam Vora, professor of finance and certified financial analyst and an expert in developing realistic retirement goals. So Dr. Vora, how does someone generate income in retirement? Well, thank you very much, Jerome, for introduction, as well as that interesting question in seven words. Your question is deceptively simple. So to start out, I could say that my answer is going to be equally simple and equally deceptive. And the answer is only of two words. It depends. So the rest of the time we are going to spend on discussing the variables on which this answer depends. That is to say, your question is very pointed, very pertinent. It is about creating stream of income during the retirement years. So in other words, we want to find out what are the sources of income in retirement? And as you can imagine, these sources and management of these sources will determine retirement income. And of course, the sources would vary across individuals. So what kind of sources am I or are we talking about? So let's begin at the beginning, and that is that a retiree could have a part-time job. A retiree could have social security benefits coming to him. And of course, one must not right now quibble that not everybody would be entitled to social security benefits. There are many organizations and many civil services where they are exempt from social security taxes, so they may not get. But we are trying to discuss a general case where in general, an individual be entitled to some social security benefits. So we have already discussed two. Then of course, everybody is aware of public or private pension. Most of the time, these are called defined benefit plans. Then, of course, we have the personal employment-related retirement plans, 
such as 401k, 403b, they are typically called defined contribution plans or something called deferred compensation plan, which falls under the clause or the section 457b. So these are the employment related. And then of course, there are the personal self-employment related retirement plans, such as simplified employee pension, SEP, 401k plans for the self-employed, then something called savings incentive match plan for employees, abbreviated to simple IRA plans, profit sharing plans, money purchase plans, employee stock ownership plans, ESOPs. So these are all personal self-employment related plans. Then of course we have the personal savings tax advantage plans, such as the IRAs, individual retirement arrangements in various flavors to our own personal taxable savings accounts. Then of course we have the principal home and other household items. And we must never lose sight of hiding cash under the mattress. So there are a lot of these sources from which we can hope to generate income during retirement years. So the additional point to be made in this list is this that on the tax advantage side, the federal government provides many avenues to save with tax deferral on investment income. And on the taxable side, the individual must make an effort to save today in order to reap the benefits tomorrow. So in some total, this is a very simple but nice list of accounts or vehicles by which an individual could save money during his working years and it becomes his task or his advisor's task to create income out of this when he retires. So the middlemen, typically the insurance companies often call it annuitization phase or some such phrase to denote the retirement years. So if we ignore this particular business-oriented jargon, we can just label it as withdrawals during the retirement period or withdrawal period. And what it will point out is that individual needs for retirement income are going to be as varied and different as the sources of these income streams. So, does that give you some idea how we are going to approach this topic, Jerome? It does. So tell me, what, what variables should we be concerned with? Hmm. Now, you are asking, once again, a very deep question. So one thing always comes up in our discussions like this is something called federal government's rules on required minimum distributions, typically abbreviated to RMDs. So let us define them as IRS does. RMDs generally are minimum amounts that a retirement plan account owner must withdraw annually 
conditional on age and other factors to avoid penalties. Generally, an RMD is calculated for each account by dividing the prior December 31st balance of that account by a life expectancy factor that IRS publishes. An account owner must calculate the RMD separately for each account the individual owns, but can withdraw the total amount from one or more of the same category of accounts. So what does this last statement mean? This last statement applies both to IRAs as well as 403B accounts. But when it comes to 401K and 457B plans, the individual must calculate and then withdraw the calculated RMD from each account within those two categories. So these RMDs are going to give us a stream of income. And so this simplified thinking on RMDs is necessary to alert the pre-retiree to the perils of simple-minded pitch by insurance companies for annuitization of any retirement plan account, often called in-plan annuity. Why? Because almost anybody who has been employed or self-employed and has changed jobs or not changed jobs would have numerous accounts falling under different categories of federal tax laws. And so these RMDs are going to be pretty interesting when we come to it. Let's go to the next set of variables, and that is the federal and state governmental rules on taxing various forms of incomes. So in general, we know social security benefits are taxable up to 85% of the amount, which means about 15% is exempt. Many states exempt a large chunk, if not total, of these benefits, as well as pension income from state income taxes. Let's go to another variable, and that is the individual's desire for important life goals of legacy, either inheritance to their heirs, to beneficiaries, to charitable organizations, and so on, at some point while alive or upon the individual's death. So what does this do to our calculations? It immediately calls for estimating the remaining life in years and cash flow needs for fulfilling these desires. So everybody will talk about liquidity needs, but when we have to take explicit recognition of individuals' desires to make certain planning for certain inheritance or benefits to charities, the needs for estimating those cash is pretty important. And now let's throw in the most important item, which almost everybody would like to discuss first, and yet I'm trying to keep it at the end of the list of variables. And why I do that will become very clear as we go through the remaining minutes of our podcast. And that is that each individual will have some desire for yearly family expenses. 
he wants to spend certain amount of money. So more on this particular variable will come in a minute's time. So does that make some sense yet? It does, it does. I've got it. Um, can you give us some more specifics, some illustrations on retirement income? Uh, yes, so among, before I do that, I want to take care of one little item. It is a so-called housekeeping chore. And that is we have got to figure out what to do with inflation and volatility of returns. These two environmental factors affect every decision we will make. So the effect is sort of universal. And so for the time being, we will not discuss them in detail. We'll acknowledge them that they exist. They will affect our decision-making and they will affect all the decision variables more or less equally. And so when we discuss strategies of generating income and investing during retirement, they all will become very important. But until we are ready to discuss them, we'll keep them away. So let us see if I can give you a concrete example. Ideally, we should be talking about, let's say, a particular case with numbers. And because you are asking questions, it will be very nice if we could discuss your numbers. But that is kind of tricky and difficult. So let's just assume some numbers. So we will work through these numbers in a slightly different way. So assume that you have worked all your life and saved some, if not at the maximum level, at every opportunity you got in every which way possible. But you are very clever. So what did you do? You made your investment life kind of simple. So you have only one account in tax deferred category. For once again, let us not spend our time discussing whether that amount is adequate for your yearly expenses or not. We'll come to that in about three to four minutes time. So let's say the balance in your 401k account is three quarters of a million, $750,000. The equity in your principal home is worth, let's say $300,000. Other assets are worth $50,000. We'll assume because you are a very careful person that there is no substantial debt outstanding. Therefore, your net worth is $1.1 million. And do you know where that puts you in the scale of wealth in the country, Jerome? Top 5%. In the top 5%, so we have a report published in 2019 by Credit Suisse that USA has 18.6 million millionaires, which comes out to be slightly more than 5% of the population. So now let's go to another important item. Say you retire at the age of 67. So Social Security Administration calls it full retirement age to receive full Social Security benefits. So 
when you retire, two things happen. The earned source of income falls to zero, while social security benefit starts flowing in. So let's say your social security benefit is around $30,000 a year. The maximum you could receive is 37,356 in year 2021. So $30,000 is not a very far-fetched number. So if it is per year, then per month, it comes to $2,500. So what we have done so far, taken some numbers and taken some age, and now we are ready to do some real calculation to point out where we are going. So tell me, where should you, where do you want me to begin? Well, let's begin at the simplest point. That can be done. And that is an ideal point to start out. So here is the thinking. You have 2,500 per month from social security benefits. Take away federal and state tax at around 20%. So 20% of 2,500 is 500. So after tax, you have only $2,000 left. Assume your cash outflow for the family expense is $5,000 per month. That is to say $60,000 per year. How come? 5,000 multiplied by 12 gives us 60,000. And that is around 80% of pre-retirement expense of approximately 6,250. Remember, both of these numbers are variable depending on the individual, but this 80% number is a little bit higher than what is most typically recommended at 75%. But when we try to tighten all these numbers for it in in individual's case, we'll get to the precision of those numbers later. So we need $5,000 for expenses. We have only $2,000 coming in. So your monthly shortfall is $3,000. So the, now the question is, how do we get this $3,000 from your single 401k account. You will immediately say, oh, remember, remember the RMD required minimum distribution. Wait, 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 wait. You can't jump up and down because of RMDs because they become effective when you reach age 72. At age 72, you must withdraw the money as demanded by IRS calculation method. But until then, you do not have the compulsion to withdraw money under RMD. So let's not worry about RMDs. We will discuss why we do not want to worry now for the simple reason that when we discuss in additional podcasts, the optimal method of withdrawals, at that time we will discuss the role of RMDs. So until we are compelled to withdraw the money, we want to hold the decision variable in our hands to see if we can develop a better strategy. So let's let not RMD cause you any concern right now. 
So the cash need of $3,000 per month will be equivalent to $3,750 per month before tax. So $3,750 multiplied by 20%, that will come to $750. So if I remove $750 from $3,750, I am left with $3,000 per month. So if we get after tax amount of $3,000 per month, add the social security benefit of $2,000, and we are able to satisfy your requirement of $5,000 per month expense for living during the retirement years. So we can certainly try to figure the next item out that $3,750 per month multiplied by 12 to get an annual number and we will get $45,000 per year. Divide $45,000 by the starting balance of $750,000 in your single 401k account and it will become 6% of the balance. So in simpler words, you are withdrawing 6% of the balance of 401k account. So put it simply, unless your 401k account is earning less than 6% per year, this is easily doable. So let us say your account is earning 8% per year, you withdraw 2% per year, then your account would be compounding at 2% per year forever until we change the scenario. And this is where the things become interesting. So looking at the simple scenario, looking at some of the numbers, we are seeing that if your account is earning 8% and your needs are equivalent to only 6%, then you are able to satisfy your needs as well as you are, about, you are allowing your account to grow in perpetuity forever and ever by two percentage point every year. So does this scenario and these numbers make sense? It does, um, although we've run out of time today. So we're gonna have to chop this into two parts. Would, we're going to ask everybody to join us, of course, for part two of this and a continuation of this uh, discussion. In the meantime, for further information, go to formmyretirementincome.com. That's the number four, retirementincome.com. And here comes the obligatory disclaimer. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial. A registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. The examples presented are hypothetical and are not representative of any specific situation. Your results will vary. The hypothetical rate of return used do not reflect the deduction of fees and charges inherent to investing. Very well, Jerome. Then we'll 
call it quits today and we'll pick up the thread of our conversation next time when we continue more interesting scenarios with regard to generating income during the retirement years. So goodbye all, see you soon.